Podcast. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Westcott demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley, or am I? And today we're talking a movie from 2023 available on Peacock. The Ben Affleck starrer, the Robert Rodriguez directed Hypnotic. Or is it? That's the question. Actually, my question is, is Ben Affleck primarily an actor, a writer, or a director? I think he's all three, a jack of all trades, if you will. And look, there had been Ben Affleck hate because he fell into a number of weird roles, the Daredevil era probably. I actually find him enjoyable to watch. I think in his sort of squinty cragginess as he enters like his 50s, he's he's got a nice place. He had kind of a weak, whiny voice, but he's certainly gravelly. And has some gravitas and presence in this one. He's sort of like a vanilla Steven Seagal. Kind of grim, set, heavy-jawed, running around with a gun. Minus the martial arts. Right. And the attitude. But as a director, he's directed some of my favorite films. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's emulating, having been on sets with a lot of high-profile directors. But his style just tends to be natural and smart and effective. And thrilling. He can really manage suspense and pacing for thrillers. He's undoubtedly an intelligent guy and has written a number of scripts, Oscar-winning screenwriter. I'm not sure that if he just sits down and conjures, but I also wouldn't have said that about Robert Rodriguez, who is a favorite filmmaker of somebody, certainly not me, but I've known people who say, he's my favorite director, and I'm like, really? Of all the directors, Robert Rodriguez is the dude? He's a contemporary and a friend, or at least was, of Tarantino, who co-founded The Troublemaker studios with him i'm not a particular fan of his and so i was it was with great trepidation that i went into what's this movie called hypnotic i think that your quote was a ben affleck straight to streaming movie sure i'll take the time to rip that one up oh man here's what i will say (laughs) i'm guessing that this is a brian movie from hair to toes Oh, my God, you called it. So I was watching Hypnotic. I was probably 10 minutes in. He leans over my shoulder and he's like, what's this? And I was like, nothing. And he was like, (laughs) I swear to God. He watched it for 10 seconds. He's like, this looks like something I'd really like. And I was (laughs) like, it 100% is. He called it lo-fi sci-fi Ben Affleck movie. This is like, this has got his name all over it. Lo-fi sci-fi. That's pretty good as a genre. It's better than my diet Inception. (laughs) Total Recall Zero Sugar. (laughs) I think there's a theme here. Yep. It's got that, is it all a dream thing going on. But there's a reason that this is a Brian film. Like he loves this kind of stuff. It's almost, it's like sci-fi adjacent because it's not like very futuristic or high tech necessarily, but there's some funky stuff going on for sure. Very mind bendy. Yeah. You know, and uh, I guess some pretty decent 
action set pieces. And I think he likes Ben Affleck. I think that he's really turned a corner on Ben Affleck as an actor. Yeah, I find him enjoyable to watch. I don't know how much depth and range. I do know he can't cry for shit in movies. Like, he's not a convincing crier. But that's okay. A lot of people aren't. Yeah, maybe the the closest he got to emotion was when he jumped up at the park and was yelling Minnie. <laughs> yeah. He, he has the same expression before and after his partner dies. He's like, you shot him. And he's in the beginning, he's like, don't shoot him. <laughs> he was working the Batman voice for sure. Oh, yeah. See, that's the other thing. He's It's possible that one of his personas could be Batman. Like he's an actor, a writer, a director, and Batman. <laughs> and, a, and a Batman. <laughs> I mean, that's a big part of his public identity. Poster quote. But in this one, he is just an actor. And this is what I'm saying. For some reason, and maybe it's kind of the lo-fi-ness of Hypnotic that makes me say this, or the indie genericness of The Way Back and some other recent Ben Affleck movies that we've covered, why does it feel like when Ben Affleck is just an actor that he's kind of slumming it? In a weird way, he elevates the material that he works on, I believe, that he takes a vested interest. Like when he directs, he could take a script that I would see in other people's hands could be kind of boring. And you're like, but Ben Affleck directed it and he really made it into something good. Quentin Tarantino loves crappy movies. He loves all movies and good ones, but some of them he loves. I'm like, really? That one? And I'm a little bit curious about the reasons why. He just sees a value that I don't see, that he reformulates for the movies that he does and makes it something that I love. It's not just like I'm bandwagoning. His style of filmmaking really appeals to me. I I wonder if Ben Affleck doesn't have the best eye for other people's material. And knowing this about Ben Affleck, I was perfectly willing to accept that Hypnotic was just kind of a cheesy cop detective drama and that it was literally like a Taken style dad on a mission kind of a movie. Because of this expectation, I was kind of willing to accept that that's what Hypnotic was, but then it became something entirely different. Which I assumed, based on the poster and the title, sort of like they cloned Tyrone, that was all I had to go on. It was pretty straightforward detective whodunit kind of thing, where's my daughter, literally taken style, except for the title and weirdness that belied something deeper. Yeah, and so he chose this material because it is genuine leading man material. He's the mastermind in this film. You know, he's at the end, his feet are planted, you know, his work has been done. All he needs to do is watch it unfold because he's the mastermind and he's the man. So I'm going to go on record and say that Robert Rodriguez is sort of the inverse of what we're talking about. This idea that Ben Affleck maybe chooses crappier projects and for some reason the stuff that he directs is elevated. Whereas Robert Rodriguez seems like a very smart guy. He talked about Vertigo and his love for Hitchcock as being an influence on him wanting to be a filmmaker, wanted to create a Hitchcockian thriller of this style that's unconventional, that's not just a, a, a typical detective story, but has these sci-fi, lo-fi elements. And he's like, what's a single word title that's like that, that's Hitchcockian? And he came up with Hypnotic and wrote this script, you know, a, a, over 20 years ago, he began to flesh out this story. It's his sort of baby, long gestating baby of his personal favorite story that he's conceived entirely on his own. And I'm like, oh, look at that, Robert. Robert Rodriguez, because I've never been a huge fan of his output, and yet he has the bones of a storyteller and a filmmaker, but what he turns out is definitely not to my taste. 
and frustrating because he is an auteur. He's a full hands-on writer, director, producer, all on the same project. Ben Affleck, he doesn't typically do all of the things. And so in a way, he's kind of the opposite of Ben Affleck. What is it about Robert Rodriguez's body of work that's been a disappointment? He is the bootstraps filmmaker who can do all the stuff. And you're like, oh, that's admirable. But when you put a massive project like Battle Angel Alita or even Hypnotic in his hands, I'm not sure that he knows what to do with it. I mean, this is a it feels like a small movie, but this is a 70 million dollar estimated budget film. It's not a small film. It's not. It's it's an ambitious film, both thematically and production-wise. There were special effects, uh, but it did feel like a sci-fi ripoff. It felt like, you know, all the Pulp Fiction clones we had in the early 90s. This feels like a Matrix ripoff, and one that would have gone, you know, 20 years ago, would have gone straight to video and had a, a blurb on the front that said, this makes the Matrix look like a slow ride to Grandma's house. <laughs> Except that it was straight to video and Matrix was a massive hit. Yeah. It's Matrix distilled, essentially. And you can see these elements, but maybe not because he's got, I mean, look, you do your thing, Robert Rodriguez. You get your little story told. That's the Hollywood dream. And to be able to get people to believe in you to the tune of $70 million in backing, good on you. I mean, not a ton of CGI work. Like, did $20 million of that go to Ben Affleck and another $20 million to Robert Rodriguez? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. There was, there was stuff, and the sets were big. He was on his lot, his Troublemaker Studio lot in Austin, Texas. The scenes that were in Mexico were on the back lot of his own studio, and they were leftover sets from Alita Battle Angel. So he's got... You know, the infrastructure in place. And then he had to do the the swirly background flexi neo kind of thing. I don't know. There were a lot of tricks and it, it really tried to be flashy. Like a burgeoning filmmaker would stretch a $20 million budget or something like uh, Chronicle. And, and these, these small directors who have a vision like uh, Gareth Edwards did a, a thing with almost no budget for his movies like Monster. And eventually he got Godzilla and then eventually he kind of got Star Wars almost. Robert Rodriguez seems like the person, the guy that was destined to be like in the group of creative, low budget filmmakers poised to be the next big thing. And this seems to be his most personal, dare I say, effective movie of his that I've seen. He got a great cast. If we're going to Mexico, you want Alice Braga there to help you through all the stuff. I think Ben Affleck is steely and confused without being like all wide-eyed wondery, you know? Um, Bill Fickner, William Fickner, who played, well, he didn't play Del Rain, but whoever that dude was, he's scary and otherworldly. I, I think the cast was good. Uh, the kid was a little creepy. The kid who who obviously didn't match the mom <laughs> until the end. But then she really did. Like, she seemed like an aged-down version of her. Exactly. Yeah, because the construct mom, I think that was supposed to be a clue, because the construct mom doesn't look anything like the kid. Yeah. And you know, wait, something's different here. But it didn't matter because everyone, literally everyone, was part of the operation, was part of the division. Well, it was a complete fabrication. It was a complete construct. Yeah. I mean, Ben Affleck's character, he's not a cop. He's not a detective. <laughs> right. He was a part of the organization that was trying to trick his mind. Or had been at one point. Yes, that he had been at one point. And Diana the psychic was his wife and the mother of his child. And she was trying to dupe him. But she didn't not love him. 
And it sounds like they were still together. What they were trying to do was to use him by orchestrating this robbery, uh, placing him as the detective who was a step ahead of the robbery, to go and open up that safety deposit box for himself, right? To see the picture and kind of begin to uncover where he... If he's a detective searching for his daughter, maybe eventually her location will be revealed so that the division can access her as being one of the prime hypnotics. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. But I don't know exactly how her involvement was layered in, to what degree she was against him or with him. But she right. was against him until Domino or Minnie or Dominique was like, Mommy, come home. And then she had her head turned, right? I guess what I don't understand is if the construct was completely fictional, but organized in such a way that Rourke would lead them to the mark, lead them to what it was that they were trying to find, the the prodigy hypnotic, why even introduce, other than for the audience's benefit and for exposition, the idea of of hypnotics? I agree. Like I, I don't know. Shouldn't you just kind of keep that out of the fiction? Yes. Let him play a real world detective in a fictional world. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think it was for exposition, for movie, for giving us the audience the clues. But in starting out this picture, even knowing that it wasn't going to be a conventional detective drama, I was like, this is weird. The cockroach thing was weird. It was very transparent that that was going to be some kind of story element later on. Uh, the fact that he jumped off the building and disappeared. Again, he's mind controlling people. But why did he disappear when he jumped off the building? I was like, this movie has a lot it needs to account for if I'm going to be convinced. Because make no mistake, I came into this movie loaded, fully prepared to hate the crap out of it. And so I was like, uh-oh, there's another thing. Oh, that doesn't make sense. They're better. They better explain this or I'm going to be pissed. So you remember in our discussion of They Cloned Tyrone, available now or whatever, movies.com, I, I accused the movie or I was worried that maybe the movie pulled something over on the viewer. Um, I do feel like Hypnotic, in a weird way, casts this spell on me. I had a very clear image of a movie that we discussed. Did we or did we not discuss a Jeff Fahey movie who played the dude, the long-haired dude with the shotgun at the end? Wasn't there another movie where someone goes to him like for, for sanctuary or for safety and they like pull up at his house and he's got a shotgun and he's ready to protect them and then he dies? Oh, it's got to be a Quentin Tarantino movie, doesn't it? No, but I went through his filmography and I can't find it. And I'm convinced that this movie planted some diet inception seed in my brain. <laughs> he does seem like the homesteader, like shotgun wielding type. They went to his house in The Mother or something. And he was like, I got you. And he like got his shotgun ready and his little beard. And we were like, Jeff Fahey, this didn't happen. D does that name sound familiar to you? No, but I definitely felt something familiar <laughs> when they arrive at the homestead. It's very it's very Terminator 2, where they've got the, you know, kind of like the bunker, you know, the safe house. Right. Like, this is the moment they've been preparing for. Could it have been one of the um, Machete movies? No, because we didn't discuss that. You know why? Because it's a Robert Rodriguez movie. You know, Celia did say that we're hard to please. Yeah? Is, is Celia yeah. a regular listener? What up, chill? Yeah. So I watched the movie and I didn't know exactly what was happening. I was afraid that they would do things for visual style that didn't make sense. And we jumped off the building. And I was like, man, he's like some kind of magical, unstoppable machine 
thing, Delrain, who wasn't Delrain. And so I was judging it based on that. And I was like, oh, this better come around. And I guess it did all come around because you can make anything come around when it's all a dream. And when you have this kind of bad guy, he's like an X-Man. You, you make him do whatever he needs to do, whatever he wants to do for his purposes. He can take stuff out of your hand. He can vanish or appear at will. He can make motorcycle dudes ride into your storefront and stuff. He just, he can do whatever. And it makes him scary. And thankfully, Bill Fickner's a good enough actor and is scary enough looking that I kind of bought it. Okay, Minnie is part of Dominique, right? Domino is part of Dominique. I get it. And we're talking about Domino and we don't immediately connect it with Minnie. And you're like, oh, it makes sense or whatever. But what I didn't get is how Delrain means anything. Delrain was supposed to be some version of Deer Valley Lane. What is that? How does that connect? Is it a anagram? Well, D-E, D-D, and then L could be the two L's in Valley, but then it's not Lane. It's the end of Deer Rain. It just, it didn't make sense. It wasn't as clean or as accepted, I guess, as Minnie and Domino being all part of Dominique. I thought that was kind of a sloppy connection. He has a scary name like Delrain, but then Delrain is not a person. It's a location. It's Deer Valley Lane, a little bit thin. And they they don't ever name him because it's obvious that Cruz and Rourke know him well, right? They're all part of the same organization, but they never rename him. And throughout the film, for the purposes of of identifying subtitles, he's always identified as Delrain. Delrain is speaking and this is Delrain's dialogue <laughs> and so he is basically Delrain and now this the hypnotic effect is working on me because what other movie do they alter a proper name and then they use like the nickname the entire movie and then you make the connection mm. with the proper name I'd have to think there's on another that. movie put it in the comments oh. it is another movie trope that Robert Rodriguez leans on to reasonable effect he just he maybe pushes it a little bit with Delrain I'll give you Minnie and Domino as part of Dominique. But that's all That's all you sure. get, Robert Rodriguez. You only get one. And that's the slippery slope nature of this film, because when you talk about the constructs, for example, I mean, how much of the tactile foundation do you need of the construct in order for the construct to be effective? You got me. Like, you have the elevator buttons, but do you need something to simulate gravity? You know, the gravity is pull. Like you have the the seat of a police car, but do you not need the doors on the golf cart to simulate Look, a, a, a police cruiser? I'm going to need you to stop overthinking it. Did the cockroach have to squish and crack under his feet? Or can it just be a rubber cockroach? Um, there's another movie that will go unnamed that had a doppelganger for every human on Earth conveniently in a place not where those actual people are. And we were supposed to believe that. I'm saying that it doesn't... <sighs> That's why it felt like a cheat, like an exercise of sorts. This seems like Robert Rodriguez's Alfred Hitchcock exercise where they had an idea and he had studio back lots in place and a big wide gravel lot where he could make balsa wood door frames and stuff and have them walk through. And we're meant to believe that this can replicate the entire square and an entire bank and a vault and every other location in the movie. Well, maybe maybe that's what makes this a good episode of Rebel Without a Crew, the Robert Rodriguez Film School. See, exactly. That's what it should be. This seems like if you go to Robert Rodriguez summer camp, Someone came up with this movie because they already had props in the back lot in place. 
<laughs> you spend one week on Hitchcock yeah. and you do the hypnotic exercise? Exactly. $299, not including food and lodging. <laughs> Scholarships available. Exactly. Was it a clue that not everything was as it was supposed to be when the Mexican guy said Amarillo? Is this a failing of Randy Nix? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Amarillo. And Kelly Ray defended it. She's like, yeah, but that's like people in Kentucky. Even a French person in Kentucky would have to say Versailles. Probably. It transcends the original the, the original language. Do the Mexicans up where you used to live, did they say Los Feliz? Yeah, everything's Los Feliz. <laughs> Los Feliz in Los Angeles. Right. Los Angeles, Los Angeles. You know, I never really thought of Delamo as being the, the mall of love. <laughs> I, I didn't think of it either until exactly this moment. <laughs> yeah, it's more like the mall of, like, gang fights and shootings. Yeah, and what was it, 200... Kid a mobs. Thousand. Of... <laughs> so up insane. to a thousand teens involved in the Delamo fight. That's a big rumble. I'm telling you, this is multi episodic credibility of us growing up in the hood. We as you asserted in the clone Tyrone. That's what I'm saying, dude. You would totally qualify for the Robert Rodriguez film school scholarship it got me into ucla i graduated from ucla from ucla with latin honors wow <laughs> is that true my gpa was just under cum laude and and i did qualify for latin honors all right i didn't know this was a thing yeah congratulations do you put that on your resume yes i did so the problem with this movie what's it called hypnotic was that there were <laughs> i took a bunch of notes and i sat down as a watcher because if i wanted to crush robert rodriguez i wanted it to be you know have some basis some grounding and uh, so i took i watched it very closely and none of my notes panned out because the whole movie is a throwaway Everything that you become invested in or whatever doesn't matter. Nothing is real. No, you don't feel any of the deaths after the fact because nobody died for real, except possibly Jeff Fahey, which is sad. But I was like, oh, I have to explain why he disappeared. Is it weird? Did like, did Diana, did she bone Rourke like in, in some way to deprogram him or to, to wake him up or something? I don't know what's happening. It doesn't matter because it was all a hypnotic construct. But they really did it. I mean, it might have been on a cot or something. Yeah. And I get it. What it's taking us on, it's trying to take us on a ride where we expect one thing. And, oh, it shifts. And we can never really get ahead of a of the story in such a way that it's supposed to keep us riveted and keep us interested. And in that way, it did. But it also, there's more frustration to being on a roller coaster where every time it takes a turn, if your hands aren't firmly on the bar, then it's jarring and it twists you all up and it makes you feel unsettled. I could see how that could happen for some people who aren't as clever and aware and really have a handle on things as I do. But don't you end your viewing of Hypnotic feeling as if you've got Ben Affleck style, both feet planted on the ground? Yeah. Like you understand what's happening by the time things wrap up. Yeah. I kind of expected there to be a post-credit scene for Hypnotic, but I guess that was the Jeff Fahey, Lev Del Rain button. Like, that was basically it. Yeah. So we're being set up for a sequel here. I think that that's what Robert Rodriguez would like. I don't know that it will happen because I don't know that this movie made a dollar, will make a dollar. If this movie had any kind of theatrical showing, I, who watch Showtimes and go to the movies on a regular basis, never saw it. It wasn't on my radar until the Peacock movie premiere notification popped up on my phone. So sure. I, I do like movies of this sort 
twisty ones or whatever, I can admire the turns as long as you explain everything. And a blanket device to suffice for all of that is the, it was all a dream or we manufactured the whole thing so we could do whatever we want. But that has happened before and it has a distinct visual style, which I guess if there's anything that Robert Rodriguez can be credited for, it's that he has visual flair and things are supposed to look great and you're supposed to love them for that reason. Sin City, Spy Kids, Desperado, things like that. And it's very thematically relevant for this film where you can have aesthetic liberties because you're in a fictional manufactured world. Yeah. Like the the mood lighting with the blinds in the therapist office or the you know <laughs> cool kind of iconic parking garage. With all um, the distinctive inception patterns. Brick wall. Yeah, exactly. Like all of that is aesthetic flair that makes sense because this is a world where you can, that's a construct and you can make look however you want to look. All right, quick new potential segment. These are one line responses to featured reviews on IMDb. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to give you a comment and I want a one sentence retort. Okay. First one, was this script written by chat GPT? <laughs> I read that comment and I laughed. That's my response, is a full-hearted laugh. All right, next one. B-movie, trying to be Christopher Nolan. This is a true statement. <laughs> Not quite Memento or Matrix, but it will entertain for summertime. Memento, that's another great one, a good example. can agree, all counts. My first Mystery Movie Monday experience, I watched an early screening of Hypnotic as part of Regal's Mystery Movie Monday. It's a gimmick. They don't put good movies in Mystery Manic Monday Mayhem or whatever. <laughs> and my favorite, guess Nick Cage wasn't available. <laughs> but that is, that's exactly what we're talking about. Robert Rodriguez has been a consistent filmmaker for decades now. Nicolas Cage is an established actor who made great movies, great movies who kind of turned to this direct-to-video style fair. They're crap and he's just doing it for the paycheck i'm not sure that this is this movie is slumming it quite as much as we think i was actually impressed given my zero level of expectation with robert rodriguez's story that he came up with himself you can't fault the dude for the scale of his movie or for the ambition i think this is maybe the best robert rodriguez movie <sighs> And it's not to say that I didn't enjoy watching some of the other movies. I just really couldn't take him seriously as a formidable presence. Maybe this is the emerging. Maybe he's woken up from the construct of the filmmaker that he was supposed to be. And he doesn't really have much left. He's really in front of a tiny rusted out shack hugging his family or whatever. And when all the apparatus has been revealed in front of him as being nothing that can support him through life, he's going to become the real filmmaker, however bare bones that may be, that he had always envisioned himself to be. And there you have it. That's our discussion on Hypnotic, available on Peacock, Robert Rodriguez's best film, and also Wes's best backhanded compliment of all time on or whatever movies. And your final rating is... Did I love it? No. Was it an all right movie? I can't stomp on the dude for trying a thing and for doing a thing pretty effectively. We've seen a lot of it before, but not from this dude. Gave me a glimmer of hope. All right movie. Weird to say with the movie already being done and released, but I think this has potential. I'm not sure if that means Hypnotic needs to be redone 
or if maybe, maybe I expect to be surprised and impressed by an improved Hypnotic 2, but I'll give it a good. And we'd love to know what you think, our listening audience. We referenced a lot of movies in this episode. That's because we've covered a lot at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you get podcasts. And we always love to hear from you. 818-835-0473 is our hotline. And, and as a side question, are hotlines outdated? Like someone told me, that's old school okay. to have a phone number. Text us. Like people still text, right? Yeah. Or whatever movies at gmail.com is how you email us at or whatever movies on Instagram and Twitter. If you have a movie that you'd like for us to review, let us know. We take requests via our Patreon page for our Patreon movie friends. And stand by for Halloween 2023 at or whatever movies. Coming up next month, we've got an exciting slate of very scary movies for you. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.